This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamperino. New House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has a pretty serious energy and climate problem. In his quest to become Speaker, he may have added some obstacles to a future GOP energy package he himself helped lay out months ago. See, compared to other Republican leaders, McCarthy wants the party to address climate change. And last summer, he actually helped the GOP craft a party-line energy and climate strategy that could be a guide for a future legislative package this Congress. But now, McCarthy might struggle to corral his party around that very agenda, since he gave major concessions to conservatives in order to get the House Speaker position last week. So today, we chat with Politico's Josh Siegel about the climate fallout from McCarthy's chaos and what hurdles he might face. It's Tuesday, January 10th. Josh, newly elected House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, has been more willing to address climate change than most Republicans. How is he distinct from other GOP leaders when it comes to this policy issue? Yeah, so he's distinct in that he's really identified the Republican Party's lack of really having a climate agenda for years as a weakness politically and has been very deliberate in trying to bring in young Republicans to develop relationships with them and and be like, hey, this is an issue that we care about as well. We don't think it's a crisis, so to speak. We don't think it's a, a super urgent problem, but it's a problem man is contributing and the federal government has some role. So he's unique in kind of how he's specific in talking about climate as an issue and trying to bring in like-minded people to show that Republicans care about it. And just as a reminder to our listeners, House Republicans led by McCarthy last summer released an energy and climate strategy, and they may look to translate that into an energy package this Congress. Can you briefly remind folks of the details of that package? Yeah, so this was a strategy that was released as a product of this energy and climate task force that McCarthy actually created in the lead up to the 2022 midterms to, again, show, hey, Republicans, like we have an agenda. And the strategy, it wasn't not much new in there, not very few new policy ideas, really more of a high level overview of kind of how the party would address both climate change and record high energy prices that were, of course, exacerbated by Russia's war in Ukraine. Yeah, there were these kind of these six pillars, and we don't have to name them all, but, you know, essentially, the ideas around these pillars, the policy ideas that would kind of fill in the blanks are promoting domestic production and export of all of the above energy resources, including oil and gas, but also zero carbon sources. Streamlining permitting, of course, is something they want to focus on. And that's one where Democrats share an interest as well. A lot of them producing critical minerals so that we can better compete with adversaries in that area. So those are kind of the high level ideas. And you're reporting how McCarthy could struggle to corral his caucus around an energy agenda after giving major concessions to conservatives to win the speakership. Why is that? And what were those key concessions that could impact the GOP energy package? Right. I think the biggest one 
that was a concession that McCarthy granted to conservatives. Again, there were 20 or so holdouts throughout this long process of of him getting the speakership. You know, a lot of these members were members of the House Freedom Caucus, which is this ultra conservative caucus. And he essentially gave that caucus three of the members of that caucus will get on the Rules Committee, and there's nine seats from that Republicans have on the Rules Committee. And the Rules Committee is very important because it determines which bills can make it to the House floor. And he's also allowing any member can offer amendments to bills that are being considered. And that, of course, can make things pretty unruly, depending on people's priorities. So that's kind of the biggest one. So basically, even if like the committees of jurisdiction, which is something I heard a lot from from people is like, oh, you know, Energy and Commerce Committee, Natural Resources Committee, Science Committee, like the expected chairs of those committees were very much on board with this Republican strategy. And a part of it, even if that's the case, and there's that level of buy-in, you know, could just take these three Freedom Caucus members saying, well, you know, we don't don't like this, we don't want to bring this forward. I will caveat in that the Freedom Caucus, not that easy to pin down as far as like, hey, they're all anti-addressing climate change. Matt Gates was actually kind of the face of the opposition to McCarthy as a younger guy. You know, I do think some of this is generational with Republicans, and he offered a green real deal, as he called it, resolution in 2019. That was like his vision for addressing climate change. So not necessarily that all of these Freedom Caucus members would be opposed, but definitely a challenge for McCarthy. And Kelsey, I'm just wondering, we're going to obviously be in the Capitol here this week as Congress really kicks off its business. So what are you watching from the House GOP as we look for signals on how it's going to actually handle energy policy now that we know Speaker McCarthy is there and just aggressive oversight as well, which we're expecting to see? Yeah, so I would agree with you. I'm I'm definitely tracking the impact of the House Freedom Caucus on the Rules Committee, given their divergent views across that caucus on energy issues and what the impact of that will be. But just in the the near term, once this rules package is voted on, lawmakers are expected to consider a slate of bills in the first few days that Republicans are bringing to the floor, one of which is to prohibit the energy secretary from sending petroleum from the SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, to China. So that'll be, I think, something we're going to see a focus on in terms of just Republican priorities on energy here. And that The topic of SPR is going to come up again, but just the debate around that I'll be tracking. Additionally, in terms of just the committee rosters on our key energy and climate committees, what that looks like and what that means for some of the first pieces of legislation that come forward, but also the oversight that we've been promised from Republican leaders. What are those top targets that we see in the first, you know, half of this Congress? What are the main things that they're going to come out in force and ask the Energy Department about, EPA about, and what kind of documents we could see them asking for? Yeah, for sure. Definitely seems like messaging is going to be paramount off the bat. We saw McCarthy in his speech accepting the speaker's gavel, talking about they're going to pass bills to address what he called America last energy policies from the Biden administration. Wouldn't expect, you know, some sort of climate or clean energy or energy package maybe off the bat. I think we'll see a lot of messaging at the start. Also, according to a new study released on Monday, human activity, like burning fossil fuels, made the drought in the western U.S. and other recent extreme weather events more severe or likely compared to a world without human influence. That's according to assessments published in the Bulletin of the American Meteorological Society. The study analyzed nine different events that occurred between 2021 and 2022, and the findings add to a growing body of literature on attribution science. 
That's a discipline that determines how much humans have affected the behavior or emergence of a climate-fueled event. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.